Well, welcome to everybody. I hope you had a good week and plan on having a great week, but either way, we got you right here in the middle, and uh, we're expecting some great things today. I want to say a welcome to everybody watching online. Uh, I, I'm excited every week when I see people from all over the United States. Sometimes we get a couple of people from around the world that check us out. So uh, depending on how well you amen the preacher and then how well the preacher preaches, you know, we get a great reputation around the world. So just keep that in mind throughout the message today, okay? There you go. Did y'all hear all of that online? Okay. Well, uh, we're wrapping up an awesome series today that we've done a little experimenting in this series this month. Um, This is our REACH series. We've... uh, Never done it the way we've done it this month, but we tried to, or, or in the last four weeks, we've tried to experiment with a few things. The first week, I don't know if you remember that week, that was our Reach Up week. That was our uh, day of worship when uh, we just had the whole service was just worship music, worship songs. Uh, we had a little mini message and some communion in the middle, and then toward the end we had a special time of prayer, but really just a day of worship that was uh, really awesome. The next week was Reach, does anybody remember that? Reach in. That's right. Everybody got it right. Reach in. And we talked about baptism that day. We had baptism during our worship time, and uh, some people were baptized, some parents, some kids. It was, it was awesome, and uh, we really enjoyed that. Then last week, here's what I'm really working toward. I'm bragging about. Um, last week, you guys did an incredible job because it was Reach Out Week. It was our Friends Day when we had the food trucks and inflatables and all that kind of stuff. We just had an incredible time. We had over 100 guests with us last week. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big deal. We were over 500 people. Yeah. yeah. Give yourselves a hand. Come on. That was awesome. It was awesome. When you consider we run 400 and last week we had five, that's a 25% growth on a, on a special day. So that's pretty incredible. And that's not because all of the people that I invited, all 100 of them showed up. All right. That's because of your friends and your family. They came to experience South Point. So uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to be a part of. Today we're going to do a little different. It's called Reach All. And what's great about that is, here I'm going to give you the good news right off the top. It's not your responsibility to reach everybody on the planet for Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? That's a big weight, right? As soon as we start talking about this, it's not your responsibility to reach everybody, but we're going to talk about today reaching all. See if we can reach everybody. So if you have your orange bulletin with the notes in there, grab those. If you want to follow online, uh, version, you can do that too. Uh, you go to, I don't know where you go, go to more and then events. I'm trying to do it in my mind. And then events, and usually South Point's right there at the beginning. You can follow right along with us. And what's exciting uh, is that when we talk about reaching all is, you know, that that's what God wants to do is to reach all. And here's what I always figure out in life. Now, I was slow figuring it out in the beginning. But whatever God's plan is, if we'll just get on board with him and cheat with him, we'll win. Did you know that? Like whatever God's got planned, if you'll just jump on board with that and not try to reinvent the wheel... God will lead you into some incredible, fulfilling moments in life. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I want to set a little bit of groundwork before we jump into uh, the second half of the message. I want to set a little bit of groundwork just to help us out. When we start talking about reaching all, I want you to understand that God, his plan has set all this up for us. So if you, if you have your notes, follow along with us. And I'm going to set a little bit of groundwork on this as we start, start off. So number one is this, and this is, I'll, I'll, I'll be clear on this. God desires, here's the incredible word of the day, that everyone to be saved. God desires everyone to be saved. Can I get an amen on that? A couple of weeks ago, I kind of, in the middle of one of my messages, I commented, and I said, I get every now and then, I get people asking me, 
uh, whether I believe in predestination. In other words, do, do I believe that God picks some people to go to heaven, some people to go to hell? And I, I didn't stop and explain what I answered. I answered and I've had several people ask me since then, like, what does that mean? Because I just went on because it wasn't really a point in the message. So now I'm going to explain a little bit to you that, yes, I believe in predestination, but not in the way that people that ask the question believe in predestination. That People that believe in predestination believe that some are destined to heaven and some are destined to hell. I don't believe that because God's word says that he wants everyone to come to Christ. Did you know that? That's what I mean. You still have free will. You don't have to. That's the predestination part. It's not the same as the people that ask me. But I believe that it's God's will for everybody. And we know that through lots of scriptures, but the most common one is John 3.16, right? You, you know that scripture. Does it say everyone in there? Let, let's check it out real quick. So that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He loved us so much it compelled him to action. And here's why. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whoever. Whoever. That's, that's everybody. Did you know that? Not just the ones that I chose. Not just the, the Jewish people. Not just the religious people. Not just the people born in the right country or the right social class. But everybody. That's what I love about God. Do you, do you know that? Can I be really honest with you? If God just said, hey, I picked these people, then they're going to heaven. And if you work your tail off really hard and you really get my attention, then maybe you could. I never played those games growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like what reels me in to God is that he says, Scott, you can too. I, I love you so much that I would have died for you, Scott. Do you know that? Do, and you know, you know some of those stories that I think about? Like, Do you remember when God came and spoke to Abraham and he said, hey, Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah where your nephew Lot is. Do you remember that story? Crazy, crazy story. But here's one of the great things. Here's one of my lessons about this scripture all the way back to, to Abraham. Because Abraham said, well, God, would, would you destroy it? I know they're all wicked, right? I mean, but would you destroy it if there was just a hundred good people there? Do y'all remember this debate that Abraham was brave enough to have with God? And God said, okay, sure, if there's a hundred. And don't you know, Abraham thought, I got him on a roll. Let's say, hey, God, how about if there's just like, how about if there's just 10? Would you destroy it? I mean, would you save it if there's just 10? And he said, okay, I'll, I'll, if you can find 10 righteous, I'll save it. And you remember what else he said? He had one more. He said, what if, what if there's just one in there? What if there's just one? And I always think back to that. And God said, I, I want to save them. And if you'll find somebody I'll save them. Like all through scripture, God, God's not looking for ways to keep us out of heaven. He's not waiting for your mistakes or your sins. He already knows that's going to happen. That's why he sent his son, who he loves so much, so that even in spite of all of our mistakes, we could still go to heaven. God's looking for ways to get us there. You know what I'm saying? I love it. That's why I love God. The more I know Jesus, the more I read his word, the more I understand, the more I fall in love with him. Not the more things that I find out that I go, oh, that's kind of fishy. Nope, nope, it's the opposite. It, I, the more things I find out that I go, that's why I love God. That's why right there. So the first one is God loves everybody. As we talk, start talking about reaching out, God loves everyone. He wants everybody. He has a plan for everybody to get saved. The second one is this, and God has a plan to reach the world. Okay, so if, if we're talking about reaching all today, and God has a plan to reach the world, then all we have to figure out, remember what I said kind of in the beginning, if you'll just get on board with God's plan, then we automatically win, right? 
So what do we have to do to get on board with God's plan? If God has a plan, well, we read about it at the end of Matthew. In Matthew 28, we read about this plan because Jesus died for our sins. He came back to life to overcome death, hell, and the grave, right? Show us you don't have anything to be afraid about. He hung around for over a month preaching and teaching after the resurrection. And then on this day, standing in front of about 500 people that he's been teaching and preaching to, Jesus decides, or him and God decided earlier, or he got the facts or the text, however that worked back then, that today's the day. And so Jesus passes the baton from him teaching and praying and sharing and loving and providing and helping and caring for. Jesus takes that baton and he passes it off to us people. Listen to what he says. Matthew 28, he says this. Then Jesus came to them and said, here we go. Transition statement. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, remember what Pastor Michael always says. When you see therefore, you ask the question, what is that there for? Right? He says, listen, there's a transition happening. I'm moving from this world to that world. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, here we go. He's handing the baton. He says this. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You are the plan. God has a plan to reach the whole world, and it's just you reaching your world. Not the whole world, your world, right? God's plan is plan A. There is no plan B. Does that make anybody else nervous but me? Like, we're it. Have you looked around in the world lately? We're it. But God said, hold on, hold on. Are you worried that you're not enough to go win the world? Do you ever worry? Are y'all awake this morning? Hey, anybody on Facebook, holler back at me, maybe. Hey, if we're going to be honest this morning, I think about that all the time. When I first became a senior pastor, it scared me that every single person that said, no, nah, this church isn't for us a little different, and left, it was like, I've sent somebody else to hell. Lord, forgive me. It was like every single person was on my hands. And after about six months of that and just going nuts, I remember one time in here praying, and God said, it's not your job. Your job is just to do what I called you to do, love people, share the people in your world, and then it's their choice, right? So your job is not to get everybody saved. Your job is to go into all the world and teach them to follow Jesus, right? If they decide not to, that's between them and Jesus. Can I get an amen on that, right? But here's the great part. When you think, man, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I can do this. That last line. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. I am with you always. Do you understand? Like Jesus just needs a yes from us. Lord, I'll do it. I'll, I'll shine. I'll shine. I'll, I'll show people I love because you loved me. I show people I'll care because you care. I'll, I'll do this. But here's the only way it's going to work. If you're with me and you'll help me touch their hearts, Right? You'll help me make a difference in their lives. God wants everybody saved. And his plan A 
is us. Not, not just 400 of us, but all 7 billion. It's for all of us. It's our job just to show them how. And a lot of that happens in the greatest sermon you'll ever preach. It's just your life. A lot of that teaching happens how you live. People go, why are you so happy? Why didn't you freak out when the boss freaked out on us? Why, why did this happen or why did that not happen? And you're able to connect the dots between what Jesus has done in your life and what you're doing in theirs. Amen? And then the third foundational part that I want us to get is this, that God is waiting until the completion of his plan to return. So there's a time frame here. That, that's what I always love. I love it. I don't like for somebody to go, Hey, here I have this project or I have this goal in mind, and it's totally open-ended. Because I have no idea when the deadline is. But God said, I, I have a plan. It's to get everybody saved. And when everybody gets saved, when everybody chooses me, or when everybody has the opportunity to choose me, then I'm going to come back. Listen, listen to what he says in Matthew 24. He says this, And this gospel... Of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So the first transition was when Jesus said, hey, I've been doing it, but authority has changed. I'm going to heaven. I'm giving it to you. I'm passing the baton to you. So in your world, when you go to work, I want you to understand that you're one of my disciples. You're out there as part of God's plan. And when all of that happens... That's when the next transition will occur. That's when I'll come and take the baton from you. And we'll go to the next stage of God's great plan. Right now, the plan is to reach all. Did you know that? Elbow your neighbor and say, I'm going to reach them all. Oh. Turn and just look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to reach everybody in my world. And you know how you do that? It's living it. It's not by standing at the parking lot entrance and preaching a five-point sermon, that's not how it's going to happen. It's not, probably not by, probably not by calling for special prayer in the break room, although I've heard that happen a couple of times. It is you living it to the place where people see the difference. I've told that story a few times. It's one of my, it's one of my highlights, so I tell it several times. But I remember I was working at 3M at, at Weatherford, cutting film. That's what I was doing in college. And I started working there a few months before I became a Christian. Whew. Everybody knew. Everybody on my floor knew me and a couple of the other guys because we were the guys doing stuff we shouldn't be doing. I'll leave out the details, but doing stuff we shouldn't be doing and then talking about it in the break room all week. That kind of stuff. That guy. Goofy college guy, all that. Well, in that in the middle of my thousand hours that you would work at 3M as a college student before they would fire you because then they have to bring you on and give you uh, benefits and all that, they would fire you at 999 hours. They'd wait 30 days, then rehire you. That's the way that rolled. So there was a guy that before I was a Christian, while I was working there, his name was Chuck. And Chuck was my age. We went to college together. And Chuck was a little wiry like me. And there a couple of times, Chuck and I, when we fill up your cart full of film, you have to push him to the warehouse. And we would, I would ram him or it's like, get out of the way, Chuck. And I was always ready for Chuck to spring back. And we were going to lock up. You know, we were going to fight. And that's just my dumb mentality. Well, in the middle of that, I became a Christian. I had no idea really what becoming a Christian was, except from week to week, I'm learning more about it. Just read my Bible, going to church, that kind of stuff. 
And I'll never forget one of my biggest tests of my entire life happened in that first month. And I had finished and Chuck had finished. And, and I'd been telling a couple of people about, you know, I mean, I'm trying to live for God. And uh, they noticed my music had changed. My stories had changed. You know, the different stuff in my life. People started noticing a little bit. And I was pushing my cart. We came to this intersection. And I remember Chuck just ramming me with his cart. And he just let go and he backed up and he said, what? And can I tell you, like every fiber in my body just like leaned. I'm like, Whew. Because on the east side of Duncan, if somebody says, what are you looking at? That translated to, I dare you to hit me in the face, okay? Because you already knew what was coming. Like, what are you looking at me? Let's go, you know? So I remember 23 years of training, and I just looked at Chuck. And I remember, like, in my mind saying, everything that I've been talking about, everything that I'm living for has changed. That All that's changed. And if I give in now, like, this isn't a speed bump, this... This would be devastating. I remember all of that in about one second. And I remember grabbing my cart, and I pulled it back, and I said, sorry, Chuck, go ahead. And I was just, like, there's this millions of mini-me's in my head going, you sissy, you whip, I can't believe you. You know, just, like, cutting me down, all of these mini-me's just hollering at me. And Chuck grabbed his cart, and he kind of, like, he walked on by and went on to the warehouse. And and I thought that was it. I thought, okay. I passed the test. He didn't hit me because if he hits me, he's dead. But he didn't hit me. Went on. I went on, put my stuff up. And I remember that day at the break room, you know, about three and a half hours or whatever, we took our break. We went in the break room. And there's, you know, 15 or 20 of us. There's a couple of break rooms, 15 or 20 of us in our break room. And everybody gets their stuff out of the fridge and the microwave's going and the vending machines are going on. And I remember somebody goes, so, Morris, I heard Chuck kicked your tail a while ago. And I was like, no, no, he didn't. He tried to, he tried to fight me, and we kind of got into that discussion. And somebody asked another question, somebody asked another question. And I'll never forget, as long as I live, standing in the corner of that break room, about from me to James. James, don't wave your hand. It's about that deep. Not a big break room, about that big square. And for about 20 minutes, as I drank my iced tea or whatever it was, bottle of water, getting to tell people about what has happened in my life and how Jesus has changed me in the last month. You understand, like, there was no message, there was no t-shirt that was a Christian t-shirt that everybody goes, oh, that's amazing, tell us about it. Like, there was no, I didn't have a giant Bible on my desk, or, do you understand, like, all those are great, but what people were watching was me, and when they see the difference, that's when they want to know, oh, that's real, I want what you got, right? That's what people are wanting in life. And I just want to encourage you. Don't worry about it. I was not strong enough to say no to Chuck. I promise you. I'm not strong enough today. I pray those things don't happen. And I pray, I'm like, Lord, I'm going to have one good shot. Okay, if somebody looks at me and goes, what? I'm just turning and running. That's it. That's all. Not, for, not for them, for me. I'm just getting out of here. But I trust that God's going to be with me. And trust that God's going to be with you. And he's going to make up the difference between my strength and the strength needed for that situation. Because he's got a plan and he's going to be with me through that plan to make sure that everybody that needs to get saved is at least going to get a presentation. If not a a sermon, they're going to get an example before them. Amen? So I, I want you to understand you can do it. The people in your world, let them see your faith. Let them see it in the decisions, the reactions, the choices that you make. God's going to help us to reach all. He's doing it every day, all around this world. He's reaching all. So so what are we supposed to do? How can we make the most of this? Take what 
God's plan, what God's given us, the baton, the strength, his presence in our life, and how can we funnel that into changing people's lives? Because I, I really believe that, that everybody in this room would love that, would love for somebody to see Jesus in you and ask you to help them know Jesus. I think that's one of the most fulfilling things to happen in life. So here's a couple of pointers for us. Here's a couple of tips for us. You ready? So number four, the the first one in the second half here is this. See the significance of every single day. See, See the significance of every day of your life. It is the greatest commodity that we have. It's the greatest value that we have is time. And understand, like, that little story that I tell about in the break room, like, I love that because it wasn't planned It was just a part of everyday life. There was nothing, no special event that happened. It was just regular circumstances that allowed a door to open to share Christ with people, to share good news with people. I want you to understand that every single day of your life, there's people watching you. In fact, I just read a statistic about millennials that 87% of millennials say that they don't attend church because the church would rather fix them than, than to love them. And I thought, whether it's true or not, that's what they perceive. And, you know, as I got to thinking about that, every single day, I have an opportunity to just love people so much that they ask me why I'm loving them so much. There's my plan of attack. Did you know that? And, and, which leads me to the second one is this. Share the unconditional love of Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said in John 13, 34. He says this, a new command I give you. A new command. How gutsy is that? For Jesus to come back, he's having the debates with the Pharisees and the Sadducees already. He's already in this debate whether he's the son of God. And they're constantly testing him. But now Jesus is going to throw out something that's a new commandment. Here's a new commandment for you. It is love one another. Think of all the commandments that he could have given. He says, love one another. As I have loved you. Here's your example. As I have loved you, you must love one another. You realize there is nothing as powerful on this planet as love and the things that come from that love. Let me ask you something. Think about this for a minute. Think about all the things that God has provided in your life. I like to think, I like to think everything God has provided. But when I get specific and I think about God has provided the strength in my body to be able to do this. My legs work, my back works, my head works, right? God provided that. Are y'all with me on this? Elbow your neighbor, say, wake up. God has provided. My, my, my job, my opportunity, a roof over my head, food in my refrigerator, in my cabinets. God provided that, right? Y'all with me? Like every single thing God has provided. And let me ask you a question. Why has he provided that? Everybody, I'm going to give you the answer. You ready? John 3.16. Because he loved me so much. That's a part of his plan of attack. You understand? Like It would be very easy. For God to come down in the sky and tear open the sky and just start, this is right, this is wrong, start going through it. But for some reason, that one of these days we'll get to connect. We'll understand. God has decided the greatest tool to reach people's lives 
is to love them to death. And out of that love, that complete love, comes everything that he's ever given you. I would say to share the unconditional love of Jesus would be the greatest evangelistic tool that you could ever have in your life. In fact, I'm just going to I'm going to draw a line right here, all right? I'm just going to do an old school F Street and Duncan Dare, all right? You ready for this? All the people from Duncan on Facebook are all laughing right now. I just I just dare you to love people so much that they ask you why. Why, why are you loving me? Don't you love that? Don't you love me like, when, don't you love when the twerp at work, I know not everybody has one of those, but when the, when the meanest person, when the, the person that tries to get your commission, you know that person, like, you know, that tries to get you in trouble, that person, when that person at work, when that person goes, why are you loving me so much? And they say it with that tone, that face, and you go, <laughs> it's working. They're, they're, they're figuring it out. I'm, I'm loving, I'm winning I'm winning. Do you know that day in the break room when all that stuff happened? You know the last person to walk up to me when when we were all leaving? I was kind of, hey, high five and good stuff. Keep it up, Scott. You got a long ways to go. You know, the couple of people that were Christians in there and all that high five. And walking out of the room and I turn and look and they're sitting with his arms on the the, kind of the break picnic table looking at me is Chuck. And I was thinking, oh, he's going to try it again. And he stood up and he goes, it's good stuff, man. And gave me like some kind of awkward, uh, I'm sure he's from another planet, but some weird little fist bump thing. And walked off. Can I tell you, that's one of the, still one of the greatest days of my life, of all the different things that happened. That it was only out of God's love that all of those things happened that day. I just want to tell you, there, there's no condition on God's love. It's not because we deserve it. Amen. It's because he loves us. I would just say, go into this world tomorrow at work, this afternoon at home, this week with your boss or school or wherever that's at, and and just love people so much that it changes them. Just love them to death. And let them come to you and ask for the details. How about that? And don't put any conditions on it. Last one is this. The last one is live the Great Commission. That Matthew 28 that we read was when Jesus commissioned all of those followers. He passed the baton to them, and we call that the Great Commission. And I want to encourage you today to just go live it. Just go live it. Listen to what Scripture, Luke 10 says this, Jesus told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into his harvest field. What Jesus is doing here for anybody that's afraid or not educated enough or not spiritual enough or you just started in church or whatever that is, Jesus just lowered the bar to the ground. He said the problem is not the qualifications, right? He said the problem is the the quantity of people that we have that will go out and love. And I'll never forget, me and Jenny just started dating. And we decided to go downtown. I, would, I used to love to go downtown at Clinton's. Clinton's a little town, so you could go downtown and meet people on Friday and Saturday night. People that used to know the way I was. And I would pull people over and, inter, you know, not introduce myself, but talk to them and tell them what God's doing. It was just my little way of sharing. And I remember in one of the parking lots, there's like 75 or 100 people in this parking lot, teenagers. And usually there's only a couple, not 10 or 12. 
And I look, in the middle of it is this couple of Harley motorcycles and some older guys. And I immediately thought, oh, there's a big fight. So we kind of, me and Jenny pulled in there and we walked over there and checked it out. And in the middle of it is this guy, he's about, I don't know, 55 or 60. He's got on a a wife beater. He's about 6'3", skinny, looked like he just, well, he did. He just jumped off of a Harley riding across country. Weathered face. And he's standing there with his little handful of gospel tracts that he's got. And he's telling all these teenagers about how he was the muscle for the Hell's Angels. And he said, I'm not going to give you any details. I used to do horrific things. I've spent however many years he spent in prison. And he said, and God changed my life on the side of a road next to a pond in Colorado. And he took this old man and he started telling and And he said, and, and it's time you teenagers put your beer bottles down, put your sin away. And give your lives to Jesus. And I thought, this dude is nuts. Like for Jesus, but he's nuts. You know, it's great. His name was Cecil Schroeder. Cecil, from that day forward, every time I would see him, he would ask me if I was still saved. If anybody's stolen my salvation. He would, he would just get right in my face and ask me difficult questions usually right here, just barking at me. And he would do that out of like brotherly love and like tell me like, come on, man, nobody's going to take this from me. This is for eternity. You got this. And Cecil started a little set free ministries is what it's called. It started a little ministry there on downtown. And what he would do is he rented these little buildings and would just let people come in and stay. He would go into the alleys, literally go into the alleys, find drunks, bring them in. He'd go downtown to find people that whatever need they had that was super desperate and he would meet that need and say, come come and live in this old building I got rented and we'll just do Bible studies in the morning and in the evening and I'll teach y'all how to live for Jesus. And I never forget me thinking, okay, I'm in college. I'm, I'm fixing to switch to Bible college. I'm gonna do, you know, I'm gonna do some correspondence. I'm gonna, all this education that I was trying to seek before I got into ministry. And I remember talking to Cecil and he was like, yeah, I dropped out of school got kicked out, but dropped out of school in the sixth grade. He quit going to school in the sixth grade. He'd been to prison for like 21 years. He'd done horrific things in his life, but something had happened sitting beside a pond in the mountains of Colorado on a payphone with his aunt who led him to Christ before he decided to kill himself. And for the last 20 years, Cecil, with no education, no resources, He'd pick up cans. He'd do whatever he could. Cecil would love people to Jesus. I remember when a fight started one night there, and Cecil beat up three of the guys that were in the fight, set them on the ground, and told them why Jesus gave him the strength to whoop their ear ends so that they could sit there and listen to him tell them about Jesus. That's the way Cecil rolled. Cecil died about six years ago. And I never forget thinking, I'm a, I never forget thinking, whew, like the world is going to miss Cecil. Because as, as gutsy as I am, as brave as a bunch of us are, there's very few people that just really, they don't have any walls, none, zero. They just love people. But here's what I want to leave with you today. Here's what we're going to pray for. I just wonder, what could God do? And a bunch of people that just took Jesus at his word. 
bunch of people that just said, you know, maybe I'm not educated enough. I don't know the Bible enough. But, but he said, if you'll just love people, you can love people enough to change their lives. What if we just did that? And that fulfilled the plan of God. What if we just took God at his word and just went out and loved people? And when they came and asked why, we'll say, well, because Jesus loved me. That's why. Follow me as I follow him. As we reach all, I'm just going to tell you, you're not going to reach them all. I'm not going to reach them all. But God's plan is that all of us would reach some. If you'll reach those people in your lives, if you'll love them wherever they're at, touch their hearts first, their minds will follow. Love them, and then they'll want to know why. Let's pray today that God would help us. Will you join me and pray that God would help us to love people to him? Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that you challenge us, that you challenge us to know you, that you challenge us to experience you. But more than anything, Lord, you challenge us to share you. That's the plan. That's plan one. That's plan A to reach all of this world. And so today I pray that your Holy Spirit would empower us, that you would help each one of us, Lord, to share what you've done in our lives, that you'd help us to to love people, to react correctly, to forgive in ridiculous amounts, completely everyone. God, I pray that your love would change our lives 100%. And in return, the people around us, our friends, our family, our coworkers, our neighbors, people at school, the people on our sports teams, wherever that would be, those people would see your love in us. And because of that, they would come to know you. That's the greatest plan of all. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for loving us. And we pray that you'd help us to love others and reach all. And church, with your eyes still closed, there may be somebody in this room today that doesn't know Jesus that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And I want to pray one more time for you. I want to pray that you would come to know Jesus, that he would change your life, that he would show you right there where you sit how much he loves you, that he would recreate your, your spirit, your nature inside, and begin from this day forward teaching you who he is, how to follow his ways, and why his ways are the best. If that's you, and you're in this room, you say, Scott, when, when you pray, will you remember me? I'm not going to ask you to come up front or anything like that because I know God can do it right there where you sit. But if that's you and you'd say, hey, remember me when you pray with nobody looking, will you just look up at me real quick and just give me a little wave? And it just lets me know you're praying for me. Anybody in here that I could pray for today? Thank you, Lord. Anyone. I believe God's changing people's lives right now where we sit. Awesome. Lord, I thank you so much. For these that have raised their hand this morning, I believe there are others that for one reason or another couldn't this morning. Lord, I pray that they would take a step in their faith today. And these that raised their hand, I pray that you would do exactly as your word says. Lord, that you would forgive them of their sin and their mistakes, that you would cleanse them, give them a fresh start today, and that you would come into their life and be their Lord and their Savior and their best friend and teach them from this day forward how to live for you, how to love others just as you loved them. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.